Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. The league season is in tatters after a struggling lead side came to Anfield on Saturday night and walked away with all three points. This one hurts and it feels like the World Cup can't come soon enough for any of us right now. My name's Chris Smith and I'm joined by Julian Richards and Dave Usher, the editor at liverpoolway.co.uk. All three of us were at the game last night, we slept on it and now we're going to try and make sense of it. Wish us luck. Dave, we've had an extra hour in bed this morning but it's still bloody early. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, this is way too early for me, especially on a Sunday. But uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling great at all, to be honest. I just feel sad. That's all. It's sad. I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm not pissed off. I'm not pointing fingers. I just feel sad and kind of. I think that the the comparison that I'd make is like everyone always talks about that that game for Shankly, the Watford loss in the FA Cup, and it being like a watershed. I kind of feel like that Leeds game will be Klopp's one where that's where he's thought, okay. This is not going to work with these players now. You know they've come to the end of the road. I'm not saying which individual players have come to the end of the road because I've got no idea where you even start, who gets moved on, you know what needs freshening up. Uh, I don't know, but it's gone stale. It's it's not working, and I don't know where we go from here. To be honest, Jules. Yeah, it's I feel the same. I don't. I'm not particularly like wanting to lash out and have a go at the players. Or any, well, actually, I do want to lash out at the at the owners, but not in the sort of FSG out way that uh, is trending on Twitter still currently. Um, but just that they've allowed this malaise to creep over the with the, with. I I said to you at halftime last night. It seemed to me like the players carried the air of of a group of people that had been in each other's company for too long. And we're now just sick of each other's bullshit, and weren't listening to each other, and weren't doing the things that they were meant to be doing. Because, you know, for example, this isn't a true example, but just for example, you know, a misplaced pass from someone results in a roll of the eyes from a from from another player or a gesture, and the and the player who's made the misplaced pass just thinks, oh, I don't care what you think, whatever, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. It just seems there just seems to be this sort of creeping malaise over the team and it's not getting any better and this isn't a blip in form now this is this is the team right now it's three months and it, yeah it and i was thinking about this this morning because I, 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 I was up a bit earlier because it, it, in my world it's actually 907 not 807 so i don't feel so bad about being up this early does wales um, not have um <laughs> time changes or something well even if it did unfortunately <laughs> I'm over the over the border, but I was thinking about like the the style of play has slowly dissolved, and not just this season. It's not just this season; it's last season as well. The tail end of last season, even when we were winning trophies and stuff, there would be games where we would we would you know we'd go behind or we'd struggle or we wouldn't look very fluent. So it isn't just because of this season; it's been it's been coming for most of 2022 I'd say slowly but surely it's been the, like what is the identity what is the style of play um, and then as this season has started like almost like a sandcastle but the tide was slowly lapping at it it was chipping away and bits of it were falling off and all of a sudden the this season has started and the, a big massive wave just gone poof, and knocked the sandcastle over <laughs> and now there's analogy. just like now there's just a lump of there's like a big pile of sand and you go well that used to be something but I'm not sure what that something is anymore. It's still made and, of the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, people can point to, to to 
selling mana and Nunez coming in, and it's a different type of style that we need to, to, to get Nunez firing. And then that would like, sort of apportion some blame to Nunez, but it's not because it's not Nunez's fault because we're not we, we weren't playing, we were losing our style, our identity before he came in. And all of him coming in has just exacerbated the problem, which is, what are we meant to be doing anymore? We're not very, we don't, we don't press. We're not very intense. We haven't got a bunch of racing snakes up front anymore, to 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 bomb on and catch teams on the counter. There was a couple of times last night where our counter attacks ended up in the player checking and playing the ball backwards. Mm-hmm. So we're not defensively solid. We're not scoring goals. So exactly what is the identity of this team right now, apart from losing to teams they shouldn't be, or in theory shouldn't be? Um, I can't think of what else it is. And it's just, I think I think the biggest problem is is that it's fine if the, the team is in decline. It's that the decline has become so sharp now and so precipitous that we, it's, just, it's, it's just tough to take. It's startling. And this comes back to, the um, I could I could rant about the owners because they have foam for this for vo- for vo- at, uh, with the Red Sox. You cannot you cannot simply wait until the twelfth of never to make sign-ins or to wait for something someone to come good because there are other te- there are nineteen other teams in the league who also wanted also want to make money and finish high up the league and win and if you continuously procrastinate on on things. Eventually, what you're going to end up is with a team of household names who have played together for a bit too long, who are again on a bit, who've got miles on the clock, and that's what we're seeing on the pitch right now. Like, mm-hmm. Paul, I'm not going to steal it. Well, I could steal his point and pretend it's mine, but Paul made the point earlier in, in, in the group chat that, like, during the Ferguson years, United would freshen up and, you know, you'll remember, they'd sell a player, like a Paul Ince would be sold or a Kinchelskis. Or um, yeah, a Yap Sam or somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'd go, oh, that's come out of nowhere. And you think, oh, maybe they'd be a bit shit now because they sold a good player. And it was just whatever, whatever you think of Ferguson as a man or, or as a manager, he obviously had the eye for when someone had lost, as David said, the eye of the tiger. Mm. Didn't seem to have the appetite, or the squad's appetite was waning. And a little, a little bit of a sale of a big player where you think, oh, he's safe. Just keeps everyone on their toes. Like that could be me next. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have to to, to keep on at this. Uh, and I think that's where we are right now. And as you said in in the intro, it's only two league games left to the World Cup, and it cannot come quick enough. And I, unfortunately, I do not expect problems now to be solved after the World Cup. I don't think we'll make the Champions League because I think there are six or seven teams better than us right now. And I don't mean the likes of Brighton, who uh, you could say, well, they're in a false position, they're above us, but you know, they'll fall off. I mean, there are six or seven teams that are clearly better than us now. Um, and so, you know, again, we didn't sign the player from Monaco. I oh, swear we'll get Bellingham next year. Well, you won't get Bellingham now. you Because if you're Jude Bellingham, you're going to go, well, I could go and play for you, but you're not in the Champions League and you might, you're might you in the Europa Conference League. And I could go and play for Manchester City and win win everything all the time without having to break much sweat. So the the planning the twelfth of never planning isn't coming off either. The team, the squad, the team needs to be freshened up massively now, massively. I mean, um, that's based I on what everything you guys just said, like yeah. th- there's not really a path to recovery, is there? 
for this team now. Like if if everything that we're saying at the moment is true, the precipitous drop off, like the 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 legs being gone, the them being sick of each other, the confidence the confidence stuff could could sort of bounce back. But like it feels like one of those malaises that once it's set in, Dave, is like very, very difficult, if not impossible, to get out of unless you have that kind of overhaul that we're talking about. Yeah, it's also entirely possible that we're completely wrong, and they they do bounce back. And I, I just I don't see it myself. I just feel like this is it, it is being together too long, or something else that probably needs talking about as well because it's on a, a similar theme. Is are they even listening to Klopp anymore? Because there was there was stuff going on last night. Klopp was like proper fucking agitated on the touchline, and like the best way to describe how Klopp was. It's like, you know, when things are going wrong and the crowds are like, oh, and they're getting pissed off and Klopp's normally like mm. kicking off and telling them to shut up and stuff. Klopp was one of us. Klopp was yeah. reacting the way the fans were reacting last night. There was none of it like, because he stands like, I'm I'm not far from where Klopp is. So I, I spent a lot of the game just watching him at times. And I've mentioned it before where like, he turns around and he's having a go at the main stand or he's having a go at the cop and I'm yeah. thinking, ah, all right, that's it's just a couple of people shouting. There's nothing to fucking get get your knickers in or not over. Just concentrate on the game. But it's something he's always aware of and he doesn't like that creeping in where like someone misplaces a pass and there's a big groan and Klopp turns around and, and he'll be proper pissed off at the fans and he'll be like, you know, just support them, just fucking knock that off. Last night, he wasn't doing that. He was fucking screaming at the players himself and he was stood mm-hmm. there shaking his head and he, he was the way we were last night and that's kind of worrying as well. And there was there, there was one bit when, um, I don't know what, what had happened or why he was pissed off. Like It was something that Thiago had done, I thought. I think Thiago played a bad pass or something and I seen Klopp like, kicking off and I assumed, oh, he's having to go with Thiago for, for whatever it was. I can't remember. And it wasn't. It was Fabinho. And it was something that had maybe happened before. Or maybe Fabinho wasn't giving Thiago an angle for the pass. No idea what it was. But he was really, like, laying into Fabinho. And he was shouting him. And Fabinho just wasn't even looking over at him at all. And he knew that it was the Klopp was shouting at him. And he was just, like, not paying attention. And then eventually, because Klopp kept going, he looked over. And, like, Klopp's, like, Pointing and telling him what like what it is he should be doing, and Fabinho just kind of just went yeah 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 yeah, and and just and I was like, not not singling out Fabinho specifically, but is that something that's crept in now where they've just been hearing the same thing for five six seven years whatever, and and they're just kind of deaf to it now. I I don't know, uh, that just wasn't good. And also something else I need to get this in now as well about Fabinho, and. I think you've seen it, Chris. I was talking to Jules before, and he he said you mentioned it to him. So, oh my god, you'll know. Fucking furious. Yeah, I, I I'm just I'm blown away by that. Like, mm-hmm. um, so for the listeners, like what we're talking about is, um, I think Gomez had played a pass into midfield and it got intercepted, uh, which was happening all night. Not specifically Gomez, but when we were playing balls into midfield, Leeds were just snapping into tackles all the time and they were just quick and bright and alert and just getting in our faces and they just kept winning the ball. So this happened and Leeds had an attack and it didn't come to anything, but like uh, there was there was a groan around the stadium. Now, it wasn't mm-hmm. like anything excessive. It was the kind of groan that would happen 
in any game when that that particular thing happens, when like you give the ball away, they get a chance, and everyone's like, there's a groan, and it's like, you know, come on, wake up, fucking hell. There was nothing like over the top about it. And Fabinho like turns to the cop, and he's like, he's gesturing, he's like applauding as if to say, you know, you need to be supporting, and he's throwing his arms up like, make some yeah. noise and all of this. And I'm like, hang on a minute, mate, the the, the crowd's not the problem here, because at this point the crowd's been okay. I mean. Yeah. Second half, we can talk about how dead it was and how everyone had given up. But but at this point, the crowd were not a problem in this game at all. The the problem was the players and the crowd were fairly patient, all things considered. You know, we'd conceded a goal again in the first few minutes now, but it hadn't turned, it hadn't gotten nasty or anything. And this was just a, a, a natural reaction to like giving the ball away cheaply and, and almost, you know, getting caught. And Fabinho's giving it that. I'm like, oh, fuck, mate, fucking sort yourself out first before right. you start worrying about yeah. other things. The way you've been playing all season and you're reacting like that, no, just get your head down, do your job. You do your job, we'll do our job, but you can fucking pack that in. And right. I, I don't know if you've seen this one, but before that, Robbo had done it. But Robbo's yeah. was, was a bit more, like... It was quick. It was like something had happened, and I don't even know what had pissed him off. But he he was like shouting at the cop and making some gestures to say, you know, get behind us. Um, so whether this is a theme where like the, the the players are talking amongst themselves now about how the atmosphere has been, which is a fair point, to, but not not specifically to la- to last night though. Like in general, it's probably a fair point, and the players may be thinking we need the crowd more than ever, and and you know we're we're not really getting the support that we need. They want it to be like Man City every game, but that works both ways. Because I want us to play like we played against Man City every game. You know, just like that yeah. effort and and like the effort's probably the wrong word because I'm not. Saying Saying that they're not trying, but they've not got the legs. They've not got the intensity. That they, I mean, I haven't looked at it, but I, I'm fairly sure we'll have covered a lot more ground against Man City than we have in in any other game this season. Now that's partly because Man City had the ball more than most teams we play against do. So you've got to factor that in. But even so, I mean, we got outran by 11 kilometers last night. Apparently, Jesus Christ. I mean, really? I feel like I said yeah. this to Jules at half time that. Um, he um like it feels like the intensity now the that true blood and thunder Klopp's Liverpool is something that we'll get on special occasions like it'll get rolled out with the fine dinner service you know when needed but the days of it being a matter of routine are just completely they look a million miles away at the moment and on the Fabinho thing I just couldn't I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe why other people around me weren't going mad about it as well I I think it kind of went a little bit unnoticed. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong, but like I, I, well, I'm I never one it. of those who, um, who like gives out to the players when they misplace a pass or make a mistake. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm in the stadium for one for one end goal. I want to help them win football matches, and that for me, giving out and venting frustration at them doesn't help that to happen. It just hinders it. So mm-hmm. whatever, you either just raise your eyebrows, just close your eyes, or try and applaud and encourage. Right, but that. I just, I just fucking lost my mind. I was like, "How fucking dare you, dude?" Like, seriously, yeah. like, you're the one who can sort this out, not us. Like, come on. Yeah. But he's been on my shit list for a few weeks now, anyway. And if I then, if I never see him again, it'll be too soon. But maybe I'm getting carried away there. I am getting carried away. But um, I mean, what do you want to? Where should we go? Should we, should we, should we go through the first goal? <laughs> should we start? Should we start there? Because we yeah. just had that, um, Jules. You know, relatively um, decent opportunity from when um, Leeds had their own defensive mix-up. Um, it's cleared off the line. I don't think it was going in anyway. But 
a couple of minutes later, just uh, a little innocuous back pass. Joe doesn't look up. Um, Alison's stranded. He slips. For some reason, the striker notices that it's going past Alison. Virgil doesn't. And just runs in Rodrigo and taps it into an empty net. And we just, once again, we've just put ourselves behind the eight ball for no reason whatsoever. It's so infuriating that it's not a moment of brilliance or something that's undone or um, an injustice or whatever. It's just us being shit and and um, not concentrating. And again, it's Gomez. I think that probably hints at the wider malaise in the team because that doesn't happen to good teams. And it's happening to us frequently this season. Mm. So, whatever whatever metric, you know, the, 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 the kilometres run, the passes misplaced, the goals not scored by us, perhaps nothing indicated more than it's so easy for teams to score against us, culminating in the first goal yesterday, where it was literally passed to them. Um, and it's it's easy to, to blame Gomez for not looking. Um, I... He now seems to be needed to take be taken out of the firing line because he was so he was making misplacing a lot of passes, but he was also trying to he was actually trying quite some difficult passes like some curved curved yeah. uh, outside of the foot passes to you know out to the wings to Trent. So there's a high risk high reward to those. They're not simple passes. But I, again, it might be me projecting how I feel onto him, but I feel like he's now playing on eggshells a little bit because he's he's had so many bad experiences this season. But again, to, to give a team like Leeds the lead with, is so early on without them having to do anything, it's dispiriting for the crowd and it's dispiriting for the players because it does give off that, uh, here we go again, mm-hmm. vibe. And immediately it sets everyone back. And when, you know, it's often said when teams are down the bottom, things don't go your way. And when you're in this slump, things don't go your way. The the conceding first thing is just absolutely ridiculous now. It's just, it's 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 beyond a joke. that they can, I would rather now have two or three nil-nil draws in a row and not concede. But I know that wouldn't be the answer. That would, that would be the, the, the sort of... It, it would be a it would be a plaster over a gaping wound. You'd know it wasn't right. You know we'd have mm-hmm. a little draw, and you wouldn't think like, oh, good result there. You know, or, or get a nil, or, or keep a clean sheet for once and go. That's it now. It's over. The body of evidence is is that the team is mentally not not coping with, with with games opening opening and managing games because they conceding too early and too quickly, and in some situations like last night, too sloppily. Um, and it again, it just it puts everyone on the back foot, and it puts everyone in the mood immediately. Yeah, I mean the the point you make about the sticking plaster there is is a good one, um, because I th- I was thinking you know when when you're at the match or watching on TV or whatever, and you know you're going to do the podcast after, you're kind of thinking of thinking watching the game in the context of what you're going to talk about later. And I was even thinking when we were pushing for the win that I think like us getting a 2-1 win yesterday wouldn't have been us sort of saying, okay, let's build on this, like we have the platform now. It would have been, I think we've reached the point now where it it would feel like papering over the cracks to have won, even won that game last night because the next hiccup always seems to be just around the corner and we're just not helping ourselves. And that was just another example of it, Dave. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to pile on Joe Gomez. I've, I've said what I wanted to say about him previously and... 
it's it's frustrating. You can't say any worse than uh, Tyson's Bramble. No, I, 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 <laughs> as I say, I don't want to pile on him because like, I don't want to be right. You know, I really do not want to be right on this. I want Joe Gomez to make me look like a dickhead, so people will be like, "Ah, oh, remember when you said that?" And hopefully, you still, <laughs> hopefully, you still can. It's like, it's 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 just, I don't even think that was that bad last night. I feel like, yeah, you should have looked, but it's partly on Allison as well. But it's just the kind of thing that happens when, when when teams are just not right. You know, these things happen, or you know, on another day you might get away with that. Like that could have happened last season, and we might have got away with it. You know, but we're not really getting away with stuff mostly. I mean. Now and again, uh, we got away with it a little bit in Ajax, but in the Premier League, we're not getting away with anything. And Jill's saying there about how easy it is to score against us. I mean, I seen something. I'm not. I'm not a big XG guy by any means, but I seen something that's like our XG against is like relegation form, and it's it's not far off what Norwich were last season. So Jesus. it's like every game we're giving up like really big chances. Uh, it's just it, it's it's. It's got to stop. It's like you, you just can't be doing that. And I don't really understand like why that is. You know, it's easy to say it's it, it, you know it, it's the legs. It's we've lost our intensity and stuff. But some of the goals we've given away have got nothing to do with that at all. So, yeah, okay. Counter attacks and stuff where you know we lose the ball and then we're not winning it back quick enough and teams can break on us. That's something that you can put down to. We haven't got that intensity that we had to win it back quickly. But there's other goals that we're giving away. They're just shit goals, and it's it's got nothing to do with like how much, how many kilometers we're running or anything like that. I mean that goal last night, that's just a bad goal. And you know, even the second goal, it's got nothing to do with like fitness or you know intensity. It's just it's just yeah. bad defending, and it's happening like so often. And I I don't know how you fix it. I mean, I I think Canate coming in helps. Or you know, even if Matip comes back, but it wasn't great when when Joel was playing either. So there's it, there's it, no there's no like the cavalry's not coming. Like Klopp said something about it's you know it's injuries and and I think maybe people are not not understanding his meaning. I don't think he's saying it's like the players that we've got missing is why we are the way we are. I think it's more everyone else is having to play more because of it and, and that's affecting us, which is, that's definitely a fair point. You know, I agree with that. Like, especially, you know, the, the front line, like those, there are three forwards now. They're going to have to play pretty mm-hmm. much all the time because th- there's not really any alternative unless you're putting Carvalho in there. So that is an issue. Like, but it's it's not throughout the whole team. It's not, I don't think we can, we can put it down to injuries. It's just, I think there's way more to it than that. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I mean, some of the chances that we gave up in that first half last night, we could have comfortably been, we could, could have comfortably conceded three in the first half. There was the, the they just they lofted that free kick over to the right hand side, crossed it first or second touch, and then um, Aronson, I think it was just. Just got easily in front of Trent and just like hit it yeah. against the bar. There was the really good chance for Jack Harrison, which Allison saved the one-on-one. Um, 
So it's not like it wasn't like a smash and grab, was it? Leeds had like no. loads and loads of good chances last night. Even in the second half, there was that one where the the ball was played through to Bamford and he took a bad touch, but otherwise he was like absolutely mm. through on Allison as yeah. well. And um, they had they had a few good moments. We just looked ropey all night. We looked vulnerable, mm. uh, and and they were brave. You know the way they played. Um, fair play to them. You know, like they they did what they do. And I said this last week, didn't I? You know, Leeds are not as shit as people say they are. When you watch them play, it's like they've just been giving away stupid goals, which has been undoing quite a bit of good work they've been doing in games. And I don't know why. Um, apparently, like Leeds fans are really kind of against Jesse Marsh. You know, he he was on dodgy ground, which is where you always want to play us when you're in that situation. But <laughs> right. but like. When I watch Leeds, I see a team that like there's there's an identity. You can see how they're coached and what they're trying to do. I don't see like this disorganized rabble. Like they look like they've got a plan. They just haven't maybe got like very good players, you know. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think they're a well coached team, and he knows what he's wanting to do. And they're not easy to play against because they just run all day. They're in your face. They chase everything, and they did that to us. And we just we you know we had no answer to it. And it's kind of fitting. That in the end they got the winner late on and we didn't get the winner late on because they were the team that still had legs and and were still like you know they, they were still like chasing everything they were still hungry and we just looked like we'd run out of ideas and we were just playing out a one one and we were never going to score. Yeah. yeah, they were. Di- I, I just, thought they were sorry, Chris. Yeah, go ahead, Jules. Go on. Can I can I just say I I mentioned this to you half time and I'm picking up slightly on on what Dave said there. I don't want to forget the point, but. You know, if Dave goes back and reads some of his match reports over the last couple of years when we've not won games or we've lost, you know, we've drawn or lost games, usually it's because the match report will contain we just didn't have the intensity and we weren't playing high-octane football. And Dave remarked, you know, years ago that when we don't have that intensity, we're just a bang-average team. Mm. And the intensity's been missing all season. And guess what we look like? We look yeah. like a bang average team. Until we recover that or completely alter how we're playing and approach games, we're going to continue to look like this and we're going to continue to be giving up all these chances because we're not, you know, we, we, we always played the high line on the edge. But you can't play high line on the edge when there's no intensity in front of it because then you're just wide open and letting people cut through you at will, which is what's happening this season. And then when you compromise on that and say, okay, maybe we'll, we'll drop off a little bit. Yeah. But then that's not how we normally play anyway. So you're not we, really you're neither one thing or the other then. Which is the sandcastle analogy, right? Yeah. Because it's what is this anymore? What's happening here? Yeah, I don't know. And the diamond as well. I mean, that's yeah. not that is not a solution. The problem with that though is we've got a squad that's been built for four three three, and now we can't play four three three anymore for a variety of reasons, not just injuries. Uh, Klopp even said something the other week, didn't he? Like that, um, he didn't say like they've stopped listening. But he said something like, you know, they've been playing it for so long that they've kind of lost a bit of focus and it, it needed to freshen it up, do something different to get them listening, get them, like, you know, really paying attention and concentrating on, on like... Because it sort of becomes maybe second nature and, and you're not thinking about what you're doing when you've been doing it for so long. And it, it, this was just to, 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 like, G them up and give them, like, you know, something different to be thinking about, to refocus everyone. So that was the switch to four four two, And then, like, we've lost all our wide players, so we can't really do that anymore. And he's wanting to get, like... He doesn't want to play Darwin out wide. He's wanting to play, like, Darwin and Mo closer together. So the compromise there is, okay, well, we're going to have to play a diamond to do that. And then 
Like there's there's no work to me. I I actually thought Robbo was really good last night. He was the, the only player who come out of it with like with any credit. You can say, oh, well, I did everything I could. I thought Robbo was great, and he he was he was an outlet and he got he got some decent service into the box. But there was so many times Robbo gets the ball and he's got nothing ahead of him at all. Whereas you're used to seeing Sadio making that run, and it, it, that's. You know, obviously Sadio's not here, and Diaz is out, and Jot is out. So it, it is, it's understandable. I'm not, I'm not being like, I'm not criticizing anyone for this, but that system, it, it was just easy for Leeds to play against. We just kept playing balls into midfield, and they were just waiting for us. They were just snapping in, getting the foot in, and it, we, our players were were, um, were seeing shadows in the end because like there was a couple of times in the second half, and Thiago got the ball, and he actually had time to turn. And he just assumed he had someone up his ass because he'd had someone up his ass the whole game. And he, he played it backwards. And it's like, no. And then at one point, the crowd just all went, 10 when the ball got played into Thiago. <laughs> yeah. And that's because he was just, it's like it's like in the NFL when like wide receivers expecting to get clattered when he catches the ball and he drops it and there's actually nobody behind him. That's what mm-hmm. it was like. But that's because Leeds just got in our heads with the way they were playing like that. They were constantly in our faces and snapping at our heels and that. And so on the times when they weren't, our players just assumed, oh, I'm, I'm going to get this someone like behind me here and I'm going to have to just lay this off I can't take an extra touch and that that's like we used to do that that's how we used to play mm-hmm. we're in people's faces and swarming all over them and like horrible to play against and that's the thing like P- Leeds position in the league says that they're you know a really poor side which which they are but that's more to do with just the lack of quality that they've got they're not easy to play against whoever's playing for them I mean there was a time like towards the end under Bielsa when they were easy to play against but when it was going well for them under Bielsa, no, they, they could make you look bad. You know, you might beat them, but you know you were going to get embarrassed by them at times. And they, they've still got that to some extent because of how hard they work and how much running they put in. Uh, they're just they're not an easy team to play against. Even if you beat them, they're not easy to play against. And in our current state, Leeds is not really a team that you want to face. Because I, I like I was saying last week, I thought we'd win. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I've seen this coming. But I did say if we were playing this at Ellen Road, I'd be really worried. But it was only the fact it was Anfield that made me think, you know, we'll, we'll probably be all right. We'll just have enough. But you know, at Anfield, like it's not. Apart from Bournemouth, every game we've had this season's been really, really tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's an interesting point as well, isn't it? Because I think that not not necessarily we've been able to explain them away, but all of our sort of defeats and um, bad results have come away from home. But this one stings so much more because of just how unfamiliar we are with the prospect of walking out of Anfield having been beaten. It hasn't happened in like in front of fans in like four or five years, right? So, mm-hmm. like this, that just adds an extra sort of dagger um, into the heart as you're leaving the stadium. It's like what the what the fuck? Like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> it's just so unfamiliar. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, it felt that he's. You say it's unfamiliar, but it did bring back very familiar feelings from like ten years ago mm-hmm. of of what this was, what it was like all the time. Um, I, I mean, I said the day when we came on this one, it's like a group therapy session, like it's like dealing with the acceptance that we shit again, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's going to be like it's going to be like it. We, you know. So it come we can you know we could break down our goal Salah I mean I I think Salah was fine last night I think really I said to you at halftime I think really there's only two players in that team 
who I think haven't dropped off this season. That's Alisson and Salah. Now, Salah hasn't got as many goals, but I think he hasn't got as many goals because he's had to be pushed around to accommodate all the formation changes and the personnel changes. And I think that's affected his game. But in terms of his overall ability, I don't think much has changed. Unfortunately, he's not got a, a jet-powered Mane on the far side to draw fire for um, from other defenders. And he's, get, he's, he's getting marginalised in games. But by and large, I think he, I think he's been, you know, you could say who's dropped off this season. I would say Alisson and Salah haven't, and everybody else has to varying degrees. Mm, I think he's uh, dropped off, but not to the point where I think, oh, he's he's in decline. I don't. Think I, that. I think it's. I just think it's formation changes. He's been. He was for large parts. He was away from goal, and like last yeah. week against Forest. He had, he was he was literally in a forest of players in the middle. He couldn't get you can't get him the ball when there's 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 too many players around him. Last night, they, Curtis was like surrounded by three players in in the corner by from Leeds, and no one was there helping him. It's like, what's he meant to do with this? Yeah, and then what's the crowds are do? all fucking screaming at him. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't I mean, you know, it's it's not Curtis Jones's fault, but like but he was he's okay in, when he came on last night. Yeah, but he was bright. But, but he he he's widely symptomatic of of what the problem is is that he's not been playing he's not in any form and he's he's coming on hoping to like turn a game for us it's just not going to happen he's it was not... a horrible game for him to come into yeah, no because it... he's someone who's going to have to like try to make things happen it, it's risky and he's going to give the ball away at times and, and his, uh... the, do you know what I, like Chris I think you said this like. Um, was after West Ham, and you said like uh, you had no idea how much the cop hated Curtis Jones <laughs> coming out the ground last night. Or it was all I could hear was, and that's not the cop. I'm coming out the main stand. Although I sort of came past the cop, so the people who was walking down with could have been sitting anywhere, and it, it just felt like everybody who was coming out was just going that fucking cunt Jones and, and absolutely slaughtering him. And I'm like, okay, you know what? He, he, there was like a couple of shit things that he did there. But fucking hell, if your takeaway from that game last night is that Curtis Jones is our, our big problem, I'm sorry, but no. You know, that I'm not and I'm not even saying, oh, he's definitely gonna make it here or or whatever, but on a list of, of like reasons why we're shit, I'm sorry, but Curtis Jones is not even on it because he's not even <laughs> been playing most of the season. Right. I, I, but it was staggering the amount of people who that's I'm listening as as I'm walking through. I'm like I'm I'm walking fast to try and get back to the car like before the traffic. So I'm just walking through the crowd and I, as I'm going past everyone, all I can hear is like Jones this, Jones that. And I'm like, fucking hell. I mean, really? You know, there's so many more pressing issues that we've got to deal with rather than like a, a kid who comes on as a sub and doesn't necessarily have like the greatest game. It's just just bizarre to me. But he's, I can see him being scapegoated. Definitely mm-hmm. can see him being like the big scapegoat. Anytime he plays and it doesn't go well, yeah. it's going to be, oh, it's that fucking Jones. And he hasn't played for so long. He's in no form at all. It's not. It's just not fair. But yeah. again, it's just sort of, he's he's like, the emblematic of the problem and it's not he isn't the problem he's just like the poster boy for it uh, kind of because again I, I had the same thing last night lots of things that Jones isn't good enough and he might not well be good enough but that's like he's not the reason we've just like fallen into a, a black hole of shite mm-hmm. it's not fair to for him to and I know it comes down to injuries as well but it's not fair for him to be the one who has to come on and, and rescue the game for us you know like yeah. You, ideally, you want to be bringing him on when we're like two or three nil up, and he can play his way into the game and start getting comfortable again. And 
Um, I just I find it baffling the fact that he's a he gets so much stick and he's a local lad as well. Like why is that? I don't know. It's always been it's the harder case. sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's they, hard. They, it's they hard get, to follow up. Judged more like harshly. wasn't and, it? Yeah. When he was playing at left back, you know, he was getting fucking hammered every week. It goes all the way back, like Sammy Lee as well. Sammy Lee used to get dogs abuse back in the day. Like, and I, I don't know. I don't really understand it. And it's it's not like, oh, it's out of town fans who hate Curtis Jones. It's not. It's fucking. It's Scouse fans who were like the the most vitriolic towards him. It was like it was Scouse voices last night coming out that were, were calling them all kinds what I was listening to. So I don't get it, yeah. I really don't. And But then it also, I mean, you look how quickly people have turned on Trent after like a bit of a bad spell as well. Mm. Loads of fans yeah. like moaning about Trent. I'm like, fucking hell. You know, he's he's been like world class for like the four years he's been in the team. And then the first like difficult spell he's got and people are like slaughtering him, so... Yeah, it's just just the way. I don't it is. think people are taking the 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 the, the drop off in form well, and again, I think it's due to the sharpness of the drop off. Yeah, and I I also think that you know amongst some there's got there's got to be an element a, a large element among the supporters. I think we've won a lot of trophies and had a lot of success, and the investment in the team hasn't quite matched the expectation of if we were success that successful, how much money would be coming in. The club's very quick at trumpeting how much they've closed the gap on Manchester United. And then Manchester United are out there lashing money left, right and centre on bad players. But it's not about yeah, the players this, they're buying. Mm. Yeah, and that's the problem. And yet we're and we're like making one big signing a season and then buy it and you know, supplementing it with very smaller signings and go and then patting ourselves on the back. Uh, this recruitment this recruitment team that's in place now since Michael Edwards has got a has got a shitload to prove because all Julian Ward seems to be doing is going to you know he's familiar with Portugal, he's going to the footy manager tab on his spreadsheet and just looking in the Portuguese leagues because that's what he was playing a lot of. He doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be a lot of depth anywhere else and it, they need to he needs to he needs to check the rest of Europe for for signings and and FSG need to put put their hands in their pockets because otherwise. It's always that false economy. Oh, we we will we'll, we'll sign someone, but you know we we just want to see where we are in the league. You won't be signing anybody good, and you'll be further off in the league. The the league's more competitive than ever due to all the oil money that's in washing sloshing about at the top. So you either put your hands in your pockets and get and fix the problem quickly, or you're going to find that it's a long long climb, a harder climb than it was before. The problem is we we've gone from the the position of being like the club that everybody wants to play for with like the manager that everybody yeah. wants to play for we we you were capitalizing that we were the we number haven't? one like destination yeah. there like you know even i know we all laugh about the mbappe stuff but the only thing like preventing that was like psg that the stupid money that they're paying mbappe would have signed for us he would have signed for us under Klopp, but then you know it, it just becomes financially totally unviable and i'm not using mbappe as a stick to beat the owners with that, that's not not what i'm saying it's but you've got someone like him batting his eyelashes at us because we were the place where everybody wants to be playing for like the team that everyone wants to play in the manager everyone wants to play for and then you look at it now and you're like, yeah, well, we've missed the boat there because now we're going to be like competing with everyone else and desperately trying to convince players why they should come here instead of like players coming to us going, oh, you know, come and sign me. I'd love to sign for you. And we're like, well, yeah, but we've got our eye on someone else. No, we're not going to be in that, that situation where we can pick and choose now. We're going to be scrambling for these players against teams who, you know, I, I still think we can make the Champions League. But even if we do, it's going to be by the seat of our pants and we're not going to be like this you know, ideal destination that, that everyone wants to come here. That's not going to be the case. We're going to have to be like 
persuading players. And if someone like Man City comes in for them, well, we're not getting them. You know, they're Bellingham. We're, the we're not shines, getting Bellingham. Yeah, we're, we are absolutely not getting Bellingham now. There's just no no way we're getting Bellingham now because why, if you were him, why would you come here? Because you'd also look at it now and think, okay, well, that's that's a rebuild because it is going to be a rebuild now. I, I suppose you could say it's a refresh why did Jaden become a rebuild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose you could say why did Jaden Sancho go to United? Well, who else was realistically in for him at the time? I don't think yeah, like no his team. choice would have been to go to United, but none of the other top teams were in for him. Well, also they're probably going to pay him a, a bit more than you know than we we, a lot we more. willing to yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're we're willing to pay because they pay way over the odds, and that's not something I'm advocating. I'm not saying we should be doing that. No, I don't think any of us. Are, again, we're not all suddenly leaping onto the oh we're shit, so it's all the owner's fault. But there is it is kind of the owner's fault in so much that the team now looks like it needs massive investment because we've relied too long on the same group of players who have got old together. But is that well, not Klopp as well, though? Does he not put too much yeah, well, I loyalty think, I think, in, in players who've served them well and not done what you said about Ferguson? I think there is that. I think there is the element, because I think Klopp said that himself before, that you know he doesn't like to ship players out unless necessary. And would Mane have gone unless Mane was like, oh, actually, I'm gonna, I, I, I don't feel particularly wanted or I want a new challenge, I'm going. It, would he would he have been shipped out otherwise, or would he have still been here? Mm. And I'm not saying I, I would actually wouldn't mind Mane being here because again, at least to be someone with a bit of pace up front. It's a paradox, though, isn't it? Because we're talking about the need to refresh the team and move on from players who have served as well. And Sadio Mane's not gone, and we're all fucking pining for him. We're all like, God, you know, one yeah. of the one of the main takeaways from every game where it doesn't go well is like, well, if we had Sadio Mane up there, then it would have been a different story, or it might have been a different story. I still uh, miss so, Genie. Yeah. <laughs> so of course, you know, why I, wouldn't you? When you look I at know. that midfield, no. I know. So it is I, difficult. I totally understand why Klopp has wanted to keep all of his players because I'd have probably been the same if it was up to me. I'd have probably done exactly the same thing, but that's maybe what what's like what separated Ferguson from everyone else is he didn't get too attached and he was like mm, not really liking your attitude in training this week. I think you're getting a little bit big for your boots. I'm gonna fuck you off. Send a message to everyone else, and you know. Th- it's like the the trophies still keep on coming because one goes out because you're at the top you can go and get whoever you want and yeah just freshening it up all the time and it's not something we've done and I, I'm not even criticising because I, I totally understand why you would want to keep these players I wanted to keep all of these players and you know going back to what Jules said earlier about it's been like it's been like this for all of 2022 looking back yeah you can say that but as we were living through it at the time I just put that down to the fact. It's a really long season with like just constant high pressure, high intensity games all the time because we were going for everything. And Klopp himself said that as well because he, when he, in the summer, uh, not in the summer, it was at the start of the season, like first two, three games and we'd conceded the first goal again. And he got asked about it in a press conference because it, they said like, you know, going back to last season and he really saw his arse over it and he was like, you know, last season it, it was it was the back end of a season in which we played like sixty odd games and that, and you know uh, we we were it was like tiredness in the legs, and you know it was just it was a natural reaction at the end of the season, and we fought through it and all that. Now that's obviously what he believed at at the time. It's also what I believed at the time, but like looking back on it now, it's like no, this is this is has been going on. The intensity's not been there, and. 
we've known the intensity wasn't there, but the reason for it is maybe not what Klopp thought the reason was. It wasn't just the result of it was a long season. I don't think it was that. I think um, I think there's there's more to it than that, and it's only now that like that that message is really sinking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, gosh, um, I mean, to be honest, it's not like we didn't have the chances last night to to go on and win that game pretty comfortably in the end. That like I think Darwin has to do better for the the one on one chance that he has. Um, you just, you just got to put that away, basically. The, the volley chance for Bobby, the header that he had, um, the, a few good saves from Melier, but a lot that you'd expect him to make as well. But um, it wasn't going to go in for us. And I, I just felt like last night when that second goal went in, it was a situation where you're almost like, yep, yeah, okay, you know, that tracks. I, I wasn't like, oh, for fuck's sake. It was, it was kind of just... I just accepted my fate, really. Um, you know, Leeds had... Um, you know, Leeds had their own chances. They they played well. I thought they deserved the win, and uh, yeah, here we go. We've had like a another defeat at Anfield, and um, you know, Virgil's um, Virgil's home record has gone, which mm. I'm not that annoyed about to be honest, <laughs> really, because like too much. I think too much stock was was placed in that, and anything that can help with like. Bring the dick swinging to a halt can't be a bad thing, I don't think. Like that pendulum needs to sort of stay stationary for a little while and, um, you know, get the feet back on the ground and, and start working. And I was a little bit concerned about him last night, not hugely, but there, there are times when you, you see a situation on the field and you just think, oh, Virgil will get there comfortably. And there was that one early in the second half, I think, where he was the favourite to get the ball. And I think it was Somerville, the lad who. The lad who ended up scoring the goal, like, got there before him and he ended he up fouling him. him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, fucking hell. Like, th- it's stuff like that that it's, makes you it's realize. It's chink in that... the armor, isn't it? It's stuff yeah. that just did not happen before. Like, it, it never happened. And now it, it's, like, it's not like a glaring mistake or anything. It's it's something, I've said this before, it's like something like that happening. That happens to every defender in the league. It's not a big deal, you know, but it is because it never used to happen to Virgil. It's like, as I say, Superman's turned into Clark Kent. That's what, what's happened there. And last night was just more more evidence of it. It's not that he was bad, but he's just not not Superman anymore. Hey, uh, listen, Jules has to excuse himself now as he's off to the NFL in London to watch his Broncos today. Uh, dude, I hope you have a better day today than yesterday. Uh, go Broncos. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, it's great going to watch one, one stymied attack to another stymied attack. That's going to be great. <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> well, I've, I've got to be honest, I've just missed the last minute because the cat jumped on the laptop and closed the browser. So. <laughs> 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 he was stood by the side. He was stood on next to the stool, looking at me, and I was looking at him like, "Don't you dare!" And he's like, "I'm gonna jump up." I don't jump up on the laptop, and he jumped up and hit the exact button like you prick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. Just, just one thing before I go as well on 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 Nunez. I think as well the I think Nunez has got an unfair bit of pressure because he he had that chance that in the first half going through where he didn't look like he knew what he was doing with his feet. And I said to Chris, I think the problem he's got is that when you go from someone so elegant and refined and powerful as Mane, and you go into such a different type of player as Nunez, the drop, the the, the, the drop, that's not fair. The change in style is so jarring that I think I think Nunez is getting sometimes unfairly labelled as like, you know, 
he is that he is a drop off, and I don't think you know he is a drop off. Although I do think Mane probably would have put that would have just like jinked the keeper and gone round him last night and mm-hmm. scored. Yeah, and I also think there's an element of the crowd treating Nunez. They've gone from like supporting him, you know, and wanted to back him and you know you know get behind him, to a little bit of. I don't think it's meant this way, but it comes across a little patronising, like Nunez will pass the ball to somebody over 10 yards away, and the crowd will be like, Nunez, Nunez, like, ah, you know, you don't need to do that. (laughs) That just seems like he's a bit special, and that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not very fair. Um, I think that what you said last night at half-time, you used the word Balotelli, right, in in the way that people were getting behind him. It reminds me of when Balotelli was there. And like the same thing would happen, like because we, because underlying the Balotelli sign is like we knew that was a bad sign in, we knew that wasn't a good idea, um, and everyone was trying to convince themselves. And every time Balotelli would like pass the ball or you know do something vaguely good, they'd be you know they'd be like a big row, because it's it's ostensibly trying to get behind the player, but it's also a little bit like you didn't have to do that with some of the. You know, with with when Salah joined or Mane joined or Jota joined or Diaz joined, and there's that. So there seems to be like there's that underlying worry from people that the drop, the the change from Nunez to Mane is such that they're a bit like, oh, this is this has been a terrible idea. And it, no, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I th- I think that Nunez is in a team that's misfiring badly, and it's not easy to play in a team that's misfiring badly, especially when your style doesn't suit it, and that we don't even know what our style is anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, um, you know, the thing that made us feel better about Sadio going was how well Luis Diaz was playing and how well he was adapting. And there were these sort of wow moments from him every week yeah. where you were just sort of enamoured with him as well. That sort of the, the new love helps you get over the old love, so to speak. And he's not there anymore. And so there's even more focus on Darwin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just unhelpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on that, on that bombshell, I'll, I'll leave you two to continue the therapy session. All right. Yeah, enjoy your day, Jules. Yeah, have a good All day. Right, lads. I'll see you later. See you, see later. you later. Yeah, just on, on Darwin, um, that chance he had in the first half, like, I keep banging the drum about this, not just about him, but just in general. It pisses me off so much when strikers are running through on a bouncing ball and the goalkeeper running out that they don't just lob it over his head. That was like, if he takes that early, all he's got to do is knock it over the keeper's head and he's got an empty net to go for. But so many of them, it's like it's a dying art and like hardly anyone does it anymore. And it just really frustrates me. Um, but he made a complete mess of that one. And then he had a chance in the second half as well. Mo rolled it to him. And again, he's got to dink that. The keeper's come flying yeah. out at him. Keeper's made a good save, but he's gone low and he should have just dinked it. Um, so yeah, there's you know work to be done there. But I, I don't know why that is, because you look at his finishes for Benfica and he was doing all mad shit like that all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. little clever little dink finishes. It's just got to be down to confidence. I'm not saying he's not playing with confidence, but he's not like totally flying and, you know, just instinctively just doing things. He's maybe trying to be too precise at times. Uh, and then when he when he's not really got to think about it, when he just he has that shot, he just shifts it from outside the box and then just like hammers mm-hmm. one towards the top corner. And it, you see that, you know, like, you can do that, but you couldn't put that that simple chance away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just a little bit frustrating, but you know, it's it as Jill said there, it's not easy, like a big money sign with all the pressure on you, and you're coming into this team, and all in all, he's done pretty fucking well. 
like yeah. in terms of how many goals he scored and, and yeah. you know the shots he's still managing to be getting in in games even though the team's not functioning the way it should be. I mean, if you if you put him into like the team that was functioning like at its peak a couple of years ago, fucking hell, how many goals would he score? He'd be getting like so many chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it feels like every game he plays, he he could easily have been walking off the pitch with a hat trick, and I think see, yeah. I was confident that that was going to happen. I said on the podcast on. Wednesday night that I thought he was going to score three and we would win 3-1 and it turns out I was absolutely wrong but it's not f- the fact that the chances weren't there for him like he, he did have two or three really good opportunities and I do think sooner or later they're just going to start going in and once that kind of ha- starts happening for him then you'll see the kind of instinctual stuff that we saw yeah. from him at Benfica like Stu said the other night about I'm, I'm kind of like you a bit of an XG skeptic but like um, his sort of like finishing stats and all that kind of stuff were really off the charts. And I remember when we signed him, we sort of referenced the fact that he looked a lot more clinical. And one of the reasons why we signed him was because we kind of stopped being. We yeah. were looking, we were missing too many chances. Yeah. And that game he had at Benfica at Anfield, where I think he had the ball in the net three times. One of them counted and two didn't, but they yeah. were all really good finishers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's just about like. Fucking hell! Let's just get this World Cup here, like now. Can we not just stop now? Can't come soon to, enough. Do we I have don't. to go to Spurs on Sunday? Honest to God. Can we have another Monarch die or something? <laughs> <laughs> just get that Tottenham game postponed. Yeah. <laughs> Steady on. Um, yeah, the Leeds oh, fans. I'm gonna have the, the Rangers fans coming after me again, aren't I? <laughs> well, even the Leeds fans now—they were giving it. Yeah. God save the king last yeah. night. Full, full voice. Nice. It's just it's just a thing to taunt us with now, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think anybody believes it. Like the Wolves fans cheering the Man City goals as they were as they were going in as we were losing titles against them those two out of those three years. But yeah, it's just a little silly stick to uh, to beat us with. Hey, did you see that thing about um speaking of foot, footy banter, did you see the the lad who was at Lime Street holding up a big pic a copy of the Sun, like under the Liverpool Lime Street sign. I seen, I seen like something about the aftermath of it, and I didn't know what the story was, what had gone well, on. Well, I'm not, I'm not that... sure actually what happened. I hope he didn't. Uh, you know, nobody get, deserves to get like filled in or anything. But I did see a picture of him after the game, like hiding behind a bunch of busies. Yeah, like I, at the entrance to Stanley Park. It's in like, the okay. um, in the replies to that, there's loads of people saying he got filled in in Stanley Park. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, fair but, enough. I hope that wasn't the case because although he's a dick, I don't think he deserves to get filled in for it um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it depends how you define filled in I, I, I don't mind him getting a bit of a smack but nothing, <laughs> nothing too serious but yeah if, if you do stuff like that you've got to expect consequences so yeah, I, I don't know I don't know whether it's true or not whether anything did happen to him but if it did it's, he's brought it on himself you, you can't yes. be doing shit like that so yes yes well I regardless of how much of a prick he is I hope he's alright um, so yeah like God, man, where do we go from here? 19 points dropped in 12 games. We dropped 22 in the whole of last season. Oh, my God. Two, two league defeats in a row against clubs in the bottom three. The last time we lost to Leeds was 21 years ago, and I remember it really well. It was it was Good Friday against O'Leary's Young Lards, and it was considered to be a like that game that was, it was sort of like a Champions League decider uh, in 2001, and we ended up, Pipping them to it anyway, thanks largely to Gary Mack's goal in the derby uh, a couple of weeks. I think it was actually two days later. It was on the it was on the Monday after the Friday, I think. Yeah. Um, but granted, Leeds were out of the league for the longest time. But when you still when you still 
you look at something like that, it's like oh, 20, 21 years since they beat us. It's when those little records start falling that you you start thinking, ah, fucking hell. Like, everything that made us sort of so solid and look so invincible and all the stats that were piling up, the records that we were breaking, yeah, that's, seems to be sort that's of it. going a bit the other way now. No, that's exactly it. it. Every other week last year, it was like we'd done something that hadn't been done before and it was just constant. It was like either individual records from the likes of Mo or whatever to like team records and stuff and it was all the time and it's like oh okay yeah that, that's a cool little start and now it's gone the other way and it's all like bad records that we're breaking uh, and i mean if you look at the last season we beat leeds 6-0 and this season we lose to them 2-1 and mm-hmm. i think like just that in itself you know it just shows you the drop off you know i'm not saying like we should we should be beating them 6-0 but like you, the team last season beats Leeds six 0 and it's not that Leeds are suddenly like you know massively better. I mean, they, they are better. They're not getting battered all the time, but they were still second from bottom. Yeah, the points were the same, even though the method. Yeah. of the method of getting there was slightly different. Yeah, and it, so you go from beating the team six 0 to losing two one. And I think that just sums up where we're at right now. And yeah. you know, I, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if we went to Tottenham and won, purely no, because it's a different kind of game. You know, it's a kind of game where like not not the same as Man City, but like similar in terms of it's okay. These are going to be pretty good. We're going to have to be like tight, really concentrate. Uh, we're not necessarily going to have all of the ball, and we're not going to be dominating the game. You know, we maybe play on the break a little bit, and that probably suits us at the moment. You know, playing on the break with Darwin and Mo up front, it does suit us. You've got to just try and be like solid at the back. So we'll probably defend a bit deeper than, than we do when we're playing the shit teams. Um, completely different style of game. And we are that team now that we were back in the day where it's like raise your game when you're playing someone good. And then when yeah. you go and play like the, the bottom feeders, you, you just come unstuck. And it's horrible that we've, we've gone back to that because they were just depressing times. You know, yeah, it, they were. I mean, Forest and Leeds, and we've lost to both of them. It's like mm-hmm. fucking hell. Ow. I mean, this was the run of games that we were looking at, and saying, "Look at our run of games after we beat City. Like this is our opportunity it's to really go and climb the table." And we've just lost the next two against the two weakest teams in that in but, that equation. But if you think like back to just like pre-Klopp. This was exactly what we did all the time. Yeah. I, I was yeah. so guilty of it. I'd always look at the fixtures and go, right, well, that's 15 points there. The next yeah. five games, and we pick up the 15 points. And even if we maybe have a draw in there, you know, we're, we're still fine. And you're looking at the table thinking, where's that going to take us to? And then you lose the, the first game against someone shit. And it's like, oh, I already had them points in the bag. And look at that. You know, they've yeah. gone. And and we're in that that position now where we used to be, and it's a horrible place to be because it's you know I think going back to the atmosphere last night as well, and I think this is part of it. Like you know, over the last few seasons, we've had loads of games where we didn't play particularly well, but the crowd were fi- kind of just relaxed about it because it's like you trusted the team. You're like, all right, they'll they'll find a way. Yeah, they'll just get the job done. They'll get over the line. It's just one of those days where like we're not really firing, but it's fine. We'll find a way to win. So there was just a more relaxed atmosphere because we trusted the players and we we knew they'll get it done. That's gone. You know. The, the the crowd last night, the second half, it was dead. Everyone was just sat there, just like 
waiting for the final whistle. None of us seemed to have any belief or confidence. We just knew we weren't going to score yet. Now, I didn't necessarily think we were going to concede and lose. I thought it was going to finish 1-1 because I couldn't see any way that we were going to score. But then Leeds do score and you just sit and you kind of go, yeah, I, I can... I can see why. I can, on reflection, yeah, I could see that coming because they, mm-hmm. we just we were never gonna score there. We just weren't. You could tell, and that's the difference now is that the belief in the stadium is gone, and the belief in the team's gone. I mean, like, you know, after they scored, if that had happened like two years ago, we still had five minutes stoppage time. You would have backed us to, to get an equaliser there, mm-hmm. but it never looked like it. We stuck Virgil up front, and we were just fucking launching balls at him, which he yeah. didn't. He didn't win any. And it, it, it was pathetic. The, the last five minutes of that game, it was it was just it was sad to see. It was really pathetic, and it's like fucking hell. Is this is this what we're reduced to now? Yeah, I mean, also when the when the goal goes in, you also get that like massive roar from the crowd, don't you? Like, yeah, uh, there's still that kind of like desire to sort the, of the defiance. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I said that after Brighton when when Brighton went three three. It wasn't there then mm-hmm. either. It, it, and it wasn't there last night. It was. I mean, loads of people just fucked off. As soon as yeah. the goal went in, loads of people yeah. fucked off. And John was losing his shit next to me, by the way. <laughs> you know, like, because where we were in the main stand, it was bad. You looked at, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the the steps to the exit, and it was it was like full time when, like, you know, you're having to wait to get out. Right. People were actually having to stand and wait to get in line to get out the stadium while, like, there was still five minutes stoppage time left. And John was going, you fucking spoiled bastards. You haven't, you haven't seen us lose for fucking five years. And... <laughs> And you're fucking getting off, you spoiled bastards. <laughs> yeah, John wasn't happy at all. But I, I like, and I, 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 I can see why people just wanted to leave. But from my point of view, it's like, yeah, this is shit, and I, I'm like, I'm absolutely gutted. But I, I, the last time we lost was that Crystal Palace game, like, fuck, which seems like a lifetime ago. Okay, I'm like, yeah. I'm not leaving until the final whistle goes. I'm not going to do that. I just, I, right. I didn't have it in me to, to, to walk out. Yeah. I don't. I never leave in those situations because I don't get to go as often as I want to anymore. So yeah. even if we're getting beat, I still want to be in in the fucking stadium. But just going back to the point of all of the uh, the records that we were breaking and how it's just kind of flipped on its head. Do you remember for like for so much of this era, we've been like manager killers. Like they'll be on their last legs and they'll come to Anfield and we'll yeah. batter them. Like Bielsa last season, for instance. Yeah, he got sacked right after the game. Um, even this season, Solskjaer, Mourinho. Yeah. Um and, and now it's just like under pressure manager, need a win. Yeah. <laughs> Come and play Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Manager like SOS. Cooper. I know. <laughs> it is. It, but like that's just it's indicative, isn't it? There's like little things like that which just show you like this is where we're at now. It's gone full circle. Uh but it's like what Jill said, it's I think people are not reacting well because it's happened so fast. Yeah, and like we don't know what to do. I'm like, how did we get here this quickly? You know, I mean, because I, I, I've been saying for years, just enjoy this while it lasts because it won't last forever. But I didn't think right. it was going to go like this. I thought yeah. it would be like a, a slow, steady decline. Where well, I you thought know, we'd we'd be able to compete. We'd still compete, even yeah. though when we weren't that team anymore, we'd still be in the hunt for the title and comfortably top four and doing our thing in Europe and all that. But Damn, dude. I know, because I, I I thought we might go from like finishing one point behind City to still be in second, but finishing like ten points behind. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it would be like just a, a, a slow, 
a slow decline, which could be addressed by like, okay, well, we just need two signings to just pick things up. Now it's not two signings isn't going to do it. You know, I I, just, I honestly just don't know how you 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 turn this around other than like kind of a a full rebuild. But then yeah. see, this is the problem. Yeah, it's like it's easy for us to say this, but like. Who do you who do you start with? Who's who's like the the big names you need to go? For me, top of the list would be. Well, oh, I know you. I know you're going to say for me because I think his legs have gone. Yeah, I think his legs have gone. Oldest twenty nine year old man in football. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Do you think um, he's sold Bobby, as a fucking? But... Do you think Fabinho's like sold as a pup, and he's he's actually way older because he <laughs> looked old when we signed him. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play like that, but like he probably, you know, he played like someone who was in the prime. So like maybe he was like twenty nine when we signed him. Yeah, like some of those sort of and African forged, players. Yeah, that like the, with the forged were... passports and uh-huh. yeah, and sketchy, sketchy birth certificates and stuff like that. So like, do you reckon Fabinho was like twenty nine when we bought him, and now he's like <laughs> thirty six or something? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think the problem that you have with like replacing some of these stalwarts is they're all on like mad money so you're going to have to wait until sort of their contracts expire yeah. um and then the wage bill is now currently so high that our ability to bring in fresh faces that can sort of replicate what they've done for us is so say like when Allison and um Verge came in for Coutinho and like if you if you compare the wage bill then to probably what it is now it's going to be much more difficult for us to get real quality in and pay them the going rate because there's so many players at the club who are on so yeah. much money now. Yeah, I mean, we've just given Mo that contract. And, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that Mo would be one of the ones who need to be replaced because I, 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 I think Mo's not in decline. I don't think he's been playing great, but I, I don't see, like, a decline there. No, he's and, not the problem. No, he's, he's absolutely not. But, like, it's not just Fabinho. You know, obviously Henderson's getting on as well, so you're looking at like, um, I don't necessarily think it's like. Well, I'm not saying about like the team. This is the problem for me, is when you're saying who's got to go and who do we need to move on. It's really difficult because the easy thing to say is like, well, Henderson's like 32, whatever he is now, his best days are behind him, which is true. His best days are are behind him. Yeah. But he, that's not to say he's not got anything to offer. And then, you know, he's also your captain and, and like, he's respected around the club. He brings something, like, yeah, off the field as well. So it's not yeah. straightforward just from that perspective. And then Virgil, like, wh- what do you do there? Do you, is this just a blip or has he has he lost that, like, aura? And, you know, is he just going to be just another guy now? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't make that decision. I, for all I know, Virgil could just, like, flick a switch and go back to being amazing because I don't see any reason why he couldn't. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be anything stopping that. So I, I no. don't know why he's playing the way he's playing. And I, as I say, it's not that he's shit. He's just not dominant. He's just not what he was. And yeah. so I, I don't know, like, it's I wouldn't want to be making the decision, well, who do you move on, uh, you know, to freshen things up? Like you're not moving someone on because okay he's shit now, it's it's because you've just got to freshen it up. It's like going back to like the, you know the United thing, the players that they were moving on were still top class at the time. But yeah, I, I just I don't I think we've gone beyond that where it's like move one out, bring one in. It's gone past that now. This is like what do you do is it do you, do you get rid of four of them and bring in like four new younger versions of them or and how expensive is that going to be? 
How easy is it going to be getting players off the books who are on big money? I I just think (laughs) I have not got a clue where to start. I I, I I hope Klopp has, but I don't know. I think for me, we we touched on this briefly last night in a a little text exchange. And um, for me, it's not necessarily about moving those players on. Like if you look at City and even the successful United teams, like City have constantly refreshed and then in their latter years like Aguero wouldn't play as much Fernandinho wouldn't play as much David Silva wouldn't play as much company wouldn't play as much but they'd still be sort of like valuable parts of the squads while everybody else got younger around them same with Ferguson's United mm. Giggs and Skulls and even in the early days sort of like um, even like Robson and people like that like they 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 built this new team while keeping some of the other guys around um, but and I think that's what we need to do with the likes of Fabinho and Henderson. We were already doing it with Bobby quite successfully until everybody else got injured. Um, and you, you just kind of want to have, you do want to keep those winners around, but you'd want to rely on them less. And I think it's difficult yeah. for us to keep them around because the they're all on so much money. Yeah, it is. No, that's a good point because in an ideal world, it's like you move on Ox, you move on Cater, you know, these players on the bench and and those players then get replaced by Fabinho and Henderson and then you've got like two young superstars in your team. So that's the ideal scenario, but it's not practical because of the the salaries that these players are on. And, And these players have earned those salaries with the performances, you know, they deserve the money that they're getting. You know, they've, they've, they've played, the performances justify the contracts they got, but now we're kind of saddled with those contracts and it's like, well, what do we do? Is this is this hampering a rebuild? You know, can we bring in like somebody, you know, a 60 million pound player on like 300 grand a week? Can we do that now while still having like these other players on the bench? I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about the finances, but I just know mm-hmm. that's not something that FSG are going to want to do. You know, they would yeah. rather have. They don't mind paying the big money for like their big stars who are in the team. They'll give them like the, the the big salaries, but they'll be wanting like the squad players to not be on as much. You know, they're not going to have like superstar yeah. wages sat on the bench. Yeah, definitely. And and I think you look at the guys that uh, I think Canate like he will be the one that comes through, and he, he has got that sort of world-class potential I think like from what we've seen of him all of last season it was yeah. his first season he was really really fucking good but then you look beyond that at the other backups you've got the Oxes and you've got the Caters and Costas as much as I love him the times he started this season I've sort of realised he's more limited than I thought he was you yeah. know what I mean like ba- I don't think he, he's I, not based on last season I, I thought oh yeah he, there's not much between him and Robbo and then you look at how Robbo's played like the the last couple of games. Robbo looks like he's he's back in the groove now, and you're mm. like, yeah, he's you can see like he's that there is a drop off, but it's not. Costas is 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 great as your second choice left back, so you know yeah. that that's not not a, any issue at all, really. Um, that's not what we're talking about, is it? It's, no, we're talking but about sort of we need a, a refresh and we need a right footed Costas um, mm-hmm. on the other side, really, because there's. There's no, maybe it'll be the Scottish kid Ramsey, and you know, I think he's. I read somewhere that he scored twice for the the twenty ones yesterday. Not not sure if that's true, but he scored the other week as well. So maybe like maybe he'll, he'll come good. Um, he's got to stay fit first, but yeah. be interesting to see him against Derby because if he is a solution, then maybe you've got the option of Trent in midfield. I don't see that as a long term thing because I think you know once Trent gets back to to being Trent. 
you know, he's the best right back in the world. It, it, you don't go from like being where he was to to suddenly, oh, he can't play right back anymore. But maybe like a little stint in midfield might help him. Yeah, I mean, like we said the other week, it kind of it's it solves two problems, doesn't it? It's it solves issues with our midfield, and if we have a capable backup at right back, even Gomez at right back, I don't I don't mind as much. Um, I yeah. thought he, I think he's done okay the few times he's played there this season when Trent was injured. I don't mind that as as much. And it gives us something different in, in midfield. But I don't think Klopp has any interest whatsoever in playing Trent in midfield. Like, there's been, he's ne- it's never happened. Like, no. the only time we've seen Trent in midfield was when Southgate gave him an hour to try and shoehorn him into the team. And Klopp him, wasn't happy, was then, he? No, no. Didn't he say something like, I don't know why you'd play best right back in the world in midfield? But He you had know, something snide to say. Yeah, he sure did, yeah. So he, he doesn't see it that way, but. It's easy for for the fans to say it like that, but if yeah. the manager's not going to do it, then. But there's a lot of things that he wasn't going to do, and he's had to do. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. I don't think anything's off the table now. You you mm-hmm. can't you can't really be that set in your ways. You've got to look at everything. And say this might work, that might work. It's got to be worth a try. But yeah, it's it that break can't come quick enough. Yeah, we could almost do a Trent not. We could definitely do a Trent not going to the World Cup. It won't happen now because of the Reese James injury. But we could have done with. And then, like, if that was going to happen, we could spend like weeks working with Trent on like midfield stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I think we're all searching for the answers that aren't necessarily obvious. Uh, I think we're sort of just like a little bit, a, a little bit bewildered at the moment. And football comes at you fast, man. You said you have to enjoy it while it's there, and. You know, we, we definitely have and stuff. And a, a friend of mine who supports Arsenal, like, I was giving him some shit last season, and he goes, I can't fucking wait for you guys to be shit again. And Klopp had just signed his new contract. And it's like, yeah, you're going to have a long wait for that, mate. Mm. Well, nah, six months. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, It's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's not very nice. Um, should we have a quick chat about Napoli? I mean, it, it feels like it's not something that is at top of our priorities at the moment with Spurs at the weekend. It's a dead rubber. It seems very unlikely that we're going to beat them by four goals and, and top the group. It's um, three, apparently. I thought it was four, but apparently 3-0 is enough. Okay, I, I've completely right, forgot enough. that um, Diaz scored in Naples. So it was 4-1, wasn't he? I totally yeah, yeah. forgot about that goal. So 3-0 uh, would do it. <laughs> I don't even but, know why we're talking about that. We're not beating Napoli. <laughs> no, no. I mean... Jürgen said after the game he was kind of like no we need to go out there and we need to put 11 players on the pitch and we need a performance so it's obvious that he's not of the attitude that it's just give everybody the week off and come what may and it probably we probably do need to show something in midweek yeah. now because like it's gone from being a game that wasn't that significant to a game where if we get beaten heavily there it's going to look really bad yeah if you put a weakened team out and you end up like getting pasted by Napoli off the back of losing I know we, we beat Ajax in between but losing to like two of the bottom three in the Premier League it's it's not a good look it's not good for confidence so I do think he has to go stronger than he maybe would have ideally wanted to do uh, but I, I couldn't care less about the Napoli game to be honest mm-hmm. it's kind of an inconvenience it's like sure. it's just it's in the way and then we've got so we've got to have that and then we've got to go and play Tottenham and, I mean Tottenham are playing midweek as well, obviously, because they're, they're in Europe. So that's levels it out a bit. I mean, you wouldn't mm. want to be playing someone who's coming off like a, a week's rest. So Tottenham are in the same boat as us, plus the fact Tottenham have got to get a result. So they can't be resting players. They've got to go full strength. Uh, they're away as well, aren't they? So mm-hmm. um, 
I don't think the Napoli game, we're looking at it as, oh, you know, it's a, it's another game in the legs and we might not be fresh for Tottenham. But, you know, if, if we're looking at it like that, then we've got a real problem, haven't we? Because Tottenham have got a, a more difficult situation than we have. And then they've got to play us. So... Mm-hmm. If Tottenham aren't worried about like the, the the players' legs and tiredness, we're completely obsessed about this, and I don't yeah. think fans of other teams are. And I'm not I'm not even suggesting that we're wrong to be obsessed. It's probably justified because we're getting injuries, we look leggy, and but you know Arsenal fans aren't worrying about that. Tottenham fans aren't worrying about that. Tottenham have got other concerns. They're not particularly happy about the style of play and stuff. But Spurs yeah. fans aren't like, oh, Harry Kane's had to play three times in a week. This is not good. He needs resting. It's it seems to be like a, an us problem, and nobody yeah. else seems to be affected by this, do it's they? Because we're getting on as well, aren't we? Like yeah. the mile, it's the miles in the legs and the fact that we're getting on. And I think Arteta sort of. His, his comments the other day where he said you know this is a young team and if they want to play at the top level they've got to play three times a week that's just how it is you know that that's the right attitude and it conveys it conveys to his players as well that that's yeah. what's expected of them and it's what we did for the longest time and we managed to somehow with a relatively small overall squad keep keep winning over and over and over again but I mean look at when we played them a couple of weeks ago like the age difference in terms yeah. of the two teams that started, like you know, of course it's going to be a bigger factor for us because we're older and we've got more miles in the legs, and it's something that we've been concerned about this burnout for a long, long time. And sure enough, it hasn't necessarily come to fruition when um, we've been concerned about it because we've we've been saying this since the lockdown season, right? Have they have this group of players been like running too hard? Are they sort of like feeling the effects of three or four years of non-stop fucking kick ass in your face? heavy metal football well we're two years after that now and it's largely the same group of players so of course we're going to be more concerned about it than everybody else I know you can't play heavy metal football with no no drummer and no guitars and that can you (laughs) and that's kind of what we're left with we've you know what it is us now we've just suddenly overnight we've just turned into the fucking Lakers with like you know mm-hmm. LeBron not you know not playing back to backs like oh we've got to rest these players you know the the two old to do we've and and like and the, the shit and it's like that's you know we've just got like old and yeah it's just so depressing and you and know shadows of their former selves like yeah. Russell Westbrook yeah. and Carmelo and people like that yeah I mean they actually signed those players when they were old we've just gotten old but <laughs> the end result is still the same like we just look like the Lakers yeah. Oh, man. Like all these big names, but they're just not performing the way like you, you expect those names to be performing. But it's the mileage, mileage mm-hmm. on the clock. Yeah. All right. I mean, how do you think we will line up on Tuesday night? Uh, I think there's not really too much that we can do for freshening it up. I think you'll probably get like either Curtis or Carvalho coming in for Elliot. Uh, Henzo will come in for Fabinho, I'd imagine. Mm hmm. Um, defensively, I think Canate will come in. Uh, Gomez will either drop to the bench or he might replace Trent. I think there's a, I think I actually think Gomez will probably play right back, and mm-hmm. Trent will get the night off so we can you know be fresher for the the Tottenham game. Uh, Costas might come in for Robbo. Robbo's just back from injury. He's put he's put like hell of a lot of effort into the last couple of games, like you know up and down, especially this game. Uh, yeah, there's uh, up front. I don't, I don't see what we can do different. That's the worry. Yeah. Is like we haven't got players to bring in now. You, you've got to just keep going with the same players, and then 
otherwise you're looking at like things like maybe Curtis playing in, in the front three or Carvalho playing in the front three. Ox. It's, yeah, Ox. Oh, fucking hell, Ox in the front three. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cater might play in the week, right? Was he on the bench yesterday? Uh, I don't think so, no. No. Yeah. Klopp's... Whenever he gets asked about Cater, he just goes, no, no, no. He's okay. like got to have like a proper pre-season. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ox might come into it. You know, if Ox comes into it, then at least that allows us to go back to four four two. He can't play because he's not in the fucking. Champions oh League shit! Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another thing that, like, you know, going back to the point about Klopp and the sports science people and that, um, Cater and Ox didn't get registered because they weren't supposed to be back, and Ox has been back like a good few weeks now. I mean, Cater's back training, but he's not. He's not ready to be involved but Klopp made a little dig about that as well in his press conference he was like mm-hmm. yeah they're not not involved because I was told he wouldn't be ready and there's all these you know it's only when you're looking for it that you notice these things like normally you just shrug it off you wouldn't think anything of it you know with this comments yeah. that he's making but because like you know we all suspect that there is some kinds of um they're not on the same page and uh, there's like there's, there's little conflicts there maybe and when you've got that in your head and then you watch his press conferences and it's like there's always something you know like just a little comment here a little off the cuff remark and you think oh does he mean something by that is there more to that or is he just saying he's just you know he's not really thinking about what he's saying or is that sending out a message but there's always something that suggests things aren't particularly um, amicable with the sports science people and that and there's been such a high turnover of staff as well like people coming and going behind the scenes in the medical department um, yeah. yeah it's just clearly it's not right yeah it's very fractured isn't it from yeah. top to bottom um, well it, it seems difficult to sort of even predict how Wednesday's going to go we don't know what sort of team Napoli's going to put out either no. I think it's just one we have to just get through and hopefully without any damage mm. with three to the knockout stages anyway the eggs kind of have to go into that basket now don't they it's like fuck we need to kind of win this thing to that's our best chance of getting back into it I, I'd say at this at this point like just win the European Cup and and then um, oh, what happens I, I in the still think the I still think it'll be easier to get in the top four than win the Champions League but don't know. Not if we keep going the way we are. You know, we, yeah. we will end up like where we're too far back. But I still think like there's only two more games before the break, and then hopefully we can just come back strong after the break. I mean, we're never going to see like the heights that we've had the the last few years. This this team is never scaling those heights again. That's that's just definite. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think that this is not a true reflection of who they're going to be. You know, I still think like they've got something left, uh, and the second half of the season improve get us in the top four and then just address it in the transfer market do what needs to be done yeah okay good stuff okay well i think we covered some good ground there um perhaps a little bit disjointed and all over the place and uh, longer it's, of... the, it's way longer than that <laughs> yeah i thought yeah because jules was like look i've only got 40 minutes I'm like that that's no problem we'll we'll wrap it up after 40 minutes yeah. <laughs> oh we ended up like we're, what 80 minutes i think we're on now yeah, I yeah. think we just, I think we just, like you say, it's the group therapy session, yeah. and we need to sort it through and try and make sense of it in our heads. Um, I hope it helped for you guys. Um, difficult times at the moment. Uh, Dave will be back with some of the lads after Tuesday on Napoli. I'm flying back to the states, so that's why you stuck with me today. Um, Spurs at the weekend. Let's hope that we can just find a little something and go into this World Cup break with at least a little bit more hope and something to smile about. But until then, which might be a while, we'll catch you soon. Ah!